I'm Olympic and world champion diver, Laura Wilkinson, and this is the Pursuit of Gold podcast. Each week, we are unlocking the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual tools that help athletes reach their biggest goals in sports. I have known today's special guest for nearly 30 years. In fact, he was even my date to prom. Gabby Ketakesh came to America from Romania when he was just 15 years old. But by that time, he had already won the Junior European Championships, the Junior World Championships, and competed at his first Olympic Games. His move to America brought him to our program, Woodlands Diving, where I had started just a couple of months before. When I first met Gabby, he was this scrawny little kid that couldn't speak any English, and he would cut in front of us in line and drive us all crazy. But he quickly adapted and began to blend right in and become part of our little team family. After competing in three Olympic Games and earning nine NCAA All-American honors, Gabby is now a well-renowned coach, even having earned the honor of USA Diving Developmental Coach of the Year. He's coached athletes to junior and senior national titles, and he's also coached athletes at many different world competitions. In our conversation, Gabby takes us on his journey of finding diving, training through the revolution in Romania, competing in the Olympics, moving across the world without his family, his shift from athlete to coach, becoming an American citizen, and how his journey has now come full circle. The absolute best way that you can help support this podcast and allow us to keep bringing you these inspiring and resourceful episodes for free is to simply subscribe to the Pursuit of Gold podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star review. Encourage your friends and teammates to listen. Maybe they need to be empowered too. Our goal at the Pursuit of Gold is to help equip you to reach your peak performance through these powerful conversations. It only takes a minute for you to subscribe and give us a great review, but it will help us continue to give you powerful content that will help you reach your goals. And as my gift to you for listening today, I have a freebie that contains five smart strategies for confidence. Go snag it right now at laurawilkinson.com slash learn or click the link in the show notes. All right. I believe that there is gold in your future. So let's dive on into this episode. I'm so excited to welcome my good friend, my former teammate, and now one of my coaches, Gabby Ketakesh to the Pursuit of Gold podcast. Gabby, welcome. Thank you so much, Laura. This is such a great honor to be on your amazing podcast. (laughs) Well, Gabby, I kind of want to get right into it. Like you're from Romania. So you grew up in a little bit different of an environment than me and, and probably most of the listeners. So will you talk to us a little bit about how you got started in the sport of diving? Okay. So I uh, was born late in the 1970s and um, pretty much, you know, that was right towards the last 10 years of Romania being in the communism. And, uh, you know, when I got going into diving, I was almost eight. And that was in the summer of 1986. So the way I actually got into diving is uh, there was a new pool that just finished being built close to my high school. Actually, my, my school. I wasn't in high school yet. We had a few learn to swim instructors came over to do talent ID. And uh, this was in the spring of my second grade. And it's so funny because I remember exactly the moment when they came in, they took us out of class, they they took us to the gym. And, you know, for us, it was like, yay, we're out of, you know, (laughs) we're out of class. Right. And, you know, they just did regular, just some athletic exercises like long jump, high jumps and so on. And, um, 
you know, I didn't know how to swim. So they invited me to go and join the team and learn how to swim and see where it takes us. So throughout that summer of 86, I learned how to swim. And the the funny thing is, you know, um, even now that I coach, we kind of do the same thing. They gave us a little bit of free time at the end of, you know, the swimming lesson. And um, they let us go into the diving well and do some crazy, simple jumps off the springboards. And um, the diving coach who just moved from one of the best teams in Romania to this new pool, took the new job. He saw me and he said, you know, I wasn't very tall. So, but he saw me do some interesting, crazy tricks, I guess. Uh, (laughs) And uh, he said, you know, you need to be a diver. And that's pretty much how I got into diving. (laughs) Did you miss swimming at all? Actually, I really like, I I love to swim. And um, even after diving practice or somewhere in between practices, I I still went back and I did some swimming. And, uh, you know, sometimes when I have some free time, I actually do go in and do some swimming. And it it just makes you feel good. It's not very hard on your body. And it just just makes you move your body. So that's good stuff. It's funny. It's funny to me that you got talent ID'd for swimming because like I saw you, obviously you were a little older, but like you were just a total diver body. Like you had this amazing form and you're not very big. And so like, it's just funny to me that you got talent ID for swimming. I just think that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was actually very, uh, you know, I was very excited when they came in and, you know, I knew I wasn't very tall, but I was one of the kids that moved a lot and like was very athletic and, you know, I could challenge anybody in any sport but you know so I guess fate kind of took me into diving and that's I'm really grateful for that yeah the rest is history right (laughs) Um, well so what was that like kind of getting started like was it always fun I mean when you were kind of telling me the other day uh, it just it sounded like it was just all this everything was a new adventure for you so what what was it like for you at the beginning the first couple of meets I've been to after you know learning to do some basic dives and we went to some meets and you know, I was placing like maybe in the top two spots in the country in Romania. And but I just loved it. Like, I just love to be involved in a team and just be part of something. And um, the culture there was very, you know, like tough training. You know, it was, it was very Eastern Bloc type of mentality. And um, for some reason, I, I just kind of did really well in that. And I was able to get some very good basic skills in the diving and not Long after that, I start. you know, a year and a half into it, I went back to nationals the next summer. And that's when I was actually, you know, one of the top three divers in my age group. And just from that point on, I just kind of stayed there. And but at a very young age, I, I learned how to do platform and even 10 meter platform. And, uh, you know, during that time, uh, at a young age, nine, 10, you know, I was able to do some really cool tricks up on like the five meter and the seven meter. And I still remember my first jump off the 10 meter. It do was you? Very, it, yes. And it it was scary. And, <laughs> you know, I landed in the water kind of funny. And just that's when you feel the water for the first time. And it just kind of you, you feel that jolt. And, you know, because that was the first time. And um, but then I wasn't afraid, you know, always without even thinking too much, I, I challenged myself to just go do anything in terms of diving. 
So that was a good thing because diving is a very scary sport sometimes. And that's something that, you know, if you have that, no fear, it helps a lot. Oh, for sure. So not too long after uh, I was introduced to, to diving, once you become the national champion, they take you to international meets. And then eventually, we, you know, going to international meets, surprisingly, I did very well against the rest of the Euro- European uh, countries and uh, eventually the world uh, at a very young age. So, um, you know, being in Romania during that time, I just remember the athletes, you know, they're taking care of pretty well. It was an interesting time because a little bit confusing for me because I could see the rest of the population struggling a little bit. And, uh, you know, going to some of the meets internationally, I could see what the rest of the world is really like. You know, that's when, you know, Romania was going through the last few years of um, the Eastern Bloc. And um, I mean, for example, I remember my family, every single month we had to um, go to the store. We had rations. So we had to go to the store and we had a notebook and they had to put a stamp in there that you got your sugar, your flour, your oil, and, um, you know, and many other products were not even available. So, you know, looking back, it, it was a very weird, interesting time. I actually appreciate that I went through that because it makes you, now that you reflect back, it makes you a better person. Well, I was going to ask you, like, what that was like, if you even remember, I mean, because I knew you were telling me a little bit about it, but... I mean, so you see like the way the rest of the world is you realize there's kind of something going on in your country, but you're treated a little different as an athlete. But you also watch the revolution, like the whole there's a revolution in your country in in 89. So you were what, 12 at that time? I was 12. Yes, I was. uh, I just turned 12. And um, I actually remember a lot of it. And a lot of it, you know, is what people were saying, because we didn't have news and, you know, we didn't really have TV so yeah, it was uh, it was a very scary time. It was crazy. People were revolting, people, you know, shooting everywhere unfortunately. And um, you know, like people in places they had to put kind of like blackouts. They had to put blankets on their windows to avoid the possibility of getting, you know, getting hurt <laughs> or even worse. So uh so yeah, th- those are some crazy times. Like, do you, do you remember, like, did your parents like try to explain to you what was happening or were you just kind of taking in whatever you heard? Both. My parents were actually there. They had a very good, you know, westernized mentality. And uh, even though we had to deal and just do the right things and just, you know, do the best you can. And they were able to explain to me. I mean, they worked really hard and, you know, they... For example, like when my dad would do a day shift, my mom would have to do a night shift, you know, so it it, it was interesting. Like, and this is for all the population at the time is they worked night shifts and day shifts and take a day off and then go the next time. So um, it was interesting. Like the, they were able to explain as much as they could. And also at the time I was a diver and, you know, we still went to practice. Did that almost feel like an escape a little bit, like an escape from reality? When, yeah, when everything kind of slowed down, like that was a place that I really wanted to go and see my teammates and see, 
Because, you know, when you have a, a team like that, it comes your family. Going through that time in our lives, it was an escape, like you said. And, uh, you know, it was great to have that, to have that family. And, um, yeah, crazy times. <laughs> <laughs> well, like kind of getting through that, they had the revolution and you were still just charging through your diving. But by, by the time 1992 rolled around, you were the ripe old age of 14 and you'd already medaled at junior world championships, junior European championships, and you made your first Olympic team in Barcelona. Like, did you realize the magnitude of the things that you were accomplishing or was it just kind of, ah, here's just another fun meet? Like, because <laughs> you were so young. Like, how did you take all that in? It was kind of both because, you know, when that happened, let's say I would go to the European Championship and I was at the time competing, you know, against the, especially Germany. Germany had some really good divers, Russia, for example. And I went in without any, any high hopes or, you know, and I could see my coaches were very nervous and a little stern and just kept pushing me to do the right basics and the right tricks and entries into the water and it was just fun for me to be up there and focused and, you know, the results came and um, I wasn't really surprised and people were very, you know, they came to me and we kind of became friends with some of those other international divers and uh, they respected me quite a lot. Everywhere I used to go and they were there and we're together, we, you know, they were very glad that I was there. But at the same time, they knew that I was there to to play. So, <laughs> Well, I love it because diving is a small little world. So you do tend to see the same athletes over and over again at those big meets. So, yeah, I'm sure they knew exactly what you were up to. But, you know, and you made quite the impression in Barcelona on TV. And it wasn't entirely for your diving. <laughs> do you remember what else you kind of got well known for? <laughs> okay, so, okay, so the backstory to that is that... <laughs> Once in a while, then this is at that age, you know, 14, I used to get together with my friends in my team in Romania. And we used to do those dances, like get together, <laughs> like we had this little cassette player and we used to, you know, finally, because this is after two years after the revolution and we had music now and we had the cassette player. And so we, um, we learned how to dance. And so in Barcelona, they were... I was, you know, 14 and I, uh, NBC did a special interview with me. And um, one of the things that they asked me is what kind of music do I like? And um, I told them my favorite band at the time, which, you know, wasn't the only one, but I said it was a rap from US. And so right away they snap their fingers and I see this guy <laughs> popping out with a cassette player and <laughs> they put in the song and they actually asked me if I show them my dance and so it was the funniest thing and I, you know I didn't really have any fear about that so I did this dance and but that interview is actually with NBC is what actually got me to US so it's it's kind of a funny little thing Okay, that's so cool. Because I, I think, you know, if if you were you then now, you might be like the next TikTok star, right? <laughs> but uh, So how, how did that in, like NBC interview get you to the US? Because it was the very next year that you made that huge move and you came to Houston where you joined the Woodlands Diving Team. We became teammates and friends. Like, kind of tell us that story. Okay, so um, during that interview, I actually said 
that I would love to go to U.S. and, you know, and train in the U.S. for the next Olympic Games, which was the 96 Olympics, and we all knew that. So um, it just so happened that there was a family in Houston that were watching this interview. And um, basically, this family in Houston, throughout their job, somebody from Russia in, in, at work told them, you know, when they were talking about me and the interview and the crazy dance and all that, you know, hey, this kid said he, he would love to move to U.S. And so at their work the next day when they were talking to these people from Russia, um, you know, that Russian person said somebody needs to get that kid out of Romania for some reason. And, and uh, they uh, sent me a letter through the Romanian Federation of Diving. I received that letter and I didn't know any English. My sister had some knowledge, very broken English. And we sat down and we wrote back a letter saying we would love to pursue. This is a dream. What a great opportunity. It's, it's a lifetime opportunity. So, um, you know, at the time I was actually training in a different town with the uh, national team and, um, I wasn't seeing my family as much as I was wanting to. So, you know, when, when this opportunity came and our thought as a family was, well, we don't see you as much anyways. So this is a great opportunity for you in your, you know. Your diving career, yeah. And not just diving, just in life. Like very, it opens oh, up so many opportunities, yeah. So we wrote back and then... In uh, the summer of 93, through a few conversations, through different letters, in the uh, spring of 93, we somehow managed to have the, the family in Houston to meet me at a Grand Prix in Vienna, Austria. So they came in and that's where they brought in the paperwork and... Um, I remember just sitting down and just reading through all the legal paperwork and uh, not me, but they were actually the family from Houston brought in a translator. You know, they had to translate everything and um, signed all the paperwork. And uh, the way I was able to come to U.S. was through a student visa that was actually sponsored by a um, international high school in Houston. Oh, wow. At the end of the summer of 93 is when I actually moved to Houston. It was fun because my dad, you know, my dad was invited to join me and the Houston family. They came to meet us in London, which happened to be the Junior World Championship. So we spent that week, me competing at the Junior World with my Romanian diving family. And uh, then after that meet, we boarded the plane and just took off to Houston at the end of that summer of 93. Were you scared at all or was you were you just all excited ready for the adventure? Man, I mean like at that time like I was so focused on diving because you know we had Europeans junior worlds so like I was so focused on diving and I was so excited about this but you know my dad has never been outside of Romania. Oh wow. Until that meet and this trip and so there's a lot going on. But, you know, for some reason, I was able to go into this meet and 
and there was a couple of things going on. I went, so, you know, I went into this meet and I was able to win the junior world championship on the 10 meter on the platform. Um, and, uh, it was the best gift I could give everybody, you know, like my dad being there, you know, this family from Houston that just embraced me and they were about to like take everybody to Houston. And, you know, it, it was such an amazing time. So, uh, we landed in Houston and, um, man, we got out of the airport and it was so hot. <laughs> I have never experienced heat like that. Like when your lips are burning and it was like in the 3 p.m. or 2, 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And, um, I still remember, you know, we're, we were driving from the airport through the downtown area of Houston and I have never seen tall buildings before. Oh, really? No, and like size skyscrapers, and it was such a unique experience. Like I was smiling without even like I, <laughs> I, I wanted not to in a way to show it, but I I was it was awesome. Like <laughs> that's really cool. And um, you know, basically, I went from Romania, moved to Houston, and I right away I the family that took me in are well off, so like I I got spoiled pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> So, which is not a bad thing, but. Well, on that note, because I promised our coach, Kenny Armstrong, that I would ask you this. Um, how, how did you come to learn English once you got to Houston? <laughs> <laughs> That's, this is funny. I knew you were going to ask me somehow. And this is one of the greatest stories. Well, you know, one of the stories for our coach, Kenny Armstrong. You know, when I got married and we were at the wedding and Kenny stood up and man, it's so embarrassing when he tells those stories to everybody. Um, <laughs> basically like I was watching Beavis and Butthead <laughs> and uh, I don't think that was necessarily the best way to learn English or the proper English or, but that was a good way for me to a anything that had, you know, subtitles and you hear it. And, um, you know, funny enough, like I, playing some video games where you have to solve problems and you have to read what that it helped me a little bit and uh and also like with you with you guys like i had an amazing team with you guys at the woodlands and you were pretty all of you guys were pretty tough on me and but <laughs> it, it was welcome to the love. team gabby <laughs> yeah welcome to the team and uh, you know looking back like i just remember so many amazing times that we we had and we all trained hard and i i really enjoyed continuing to be part of a high level mentality team the only difference in us was everybody had more fun more you know even though we're very high level mentality like we were a fun making fun of each other, you know, making fun of Kenny, the, our coach, you know, it, it was, it was awesome. Well, I look, cause we didn't totally know what to make of you at the beginning. Cause you were so small, you know, you were this tiny little guy, but you were my age and, and you didn't speak a lick of English except for these handful of things that you were learning off cartoons. And I just thought it was cartoons in the beginning. I never knew it was Beavis and Butthead until recently, but, um, you know, I love it. There, there's even like, cause you were always cutting in line and doing stuff like that. So that's what we were like, is this guy a punk or who is this kid? You know, and Kenny 
loves to tell the story about how you cut in front of his uh, wife one time, Patty, and she literally picked you up by the arms, put you back in line and said no <laughs> and didn't let you go. <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly like the team mentality. Everybody was just having fun. And, the, you know, the way I kind of grew up is like everything had to be strict and you had to kind of if the board is available, you get on it and you focus and you do it. And, you know, not too long, you know, a couple of days into me being at practice with you guys, I had the guts (laughs) to get on the board in front of one, you know, Patty Armstrong, who's also one of the most amazing divers I've ever known, and um, just stood up in front of her and she was kind of picked me up by my shoulders and put me back in line and kind of looked at me and, (laughs) you know, did that no, no, no with, you know, which... Yeah, from there on, I was like, well, maybe I just need to relax a little bit and just be, you know, just... And you did. I mean, we, we've always felt like a really big family. Like, Kenny's kind of always had that atmosphere on our team where we are like a family. So we'll we'll call you out when you're being a punk, you know, but we're going to love you no matter what you do, for sure. Yeah, and actually, you know, that kind of, you know, makes you feel good because, you know, if if I was let allowed, so to speak, to to keep doing that, like, you know, maybe that... It's not a family, you know, but like when you kind of do something wrong and uh, they put you in your place, because I was one of the younger divers, you know, you and I were pretty much some of the younger divers uh, with Mm -hmm. respect to like some of the other. uh, Yeah, we had some postgrads in there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but it was a great beginning to our amazing diving family. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Well, okay. So your first Olympics in 92, you're this little 14 year old Romanian kid, you know, and your second Olympics in 96, which was in Atlanta in the U S. Um, and you were speaking English, you were a teenager, an older teenager who I took to prom by the way. And, (laughs) and so walk us through what I'm guessing was just a vastly different experience from Olympic to Olympics. As you know, the Olympics is such a different event. You know, if you want to look at and just have a comparison to some of the other events. Um, And, uh, you know, for me in Barcelona, I was, you know, being 14, you know, the team at the time and the the Romanian Federation at the time, you know, expressed to me that this is an experience event. So, but just when you get there and you have no clue what's going on, like what to expect, and then you get into the Olympic Village and this is not, you know... It's so much to take in on your first time, yeah. So much to take in, and but I really kind of geeked out, you know, like, a, <laughs> you know, kid in a candy store. And I really enjoyed that uh, Barcelona Olympics. And, um, you know, even though, you know, you kind of had to stay super focused and it was a little scary being diving against some of the senior divers that I didn't really get to yet because I was more involved in the junior circuit until then. But it was very, I was, you know, very nerve wracking. And, but yeah, like if anybody can make it to the Olympics, which we all know how how tough it is, it's an amazing experience. Well, so what was the difference though, between kind of like, okay, so you're a kid in a candy store in Barcelona, it's all new, but you soaked it in, like you said, even though you had to stay focused, like what was it like then, how was it different, I guess, in Atlanta? So going into Atlanta, it felt more like home, you know, just uh, being in in U.S., number one, like, and it, it felt a lot more like home. And, um, 
you know, this was a lot during my, uh, also my developmental stage of going from a junior to a senior diver. And um, you, you get a little more high expectations from your, you know, federation, your mentality, you know, my mentality started being a little bit more, okay, we got to have some fun doing this and, you know, not put so much pressure. So that was a little kind of like the difference that I can express right now looking back. But, um, you know, I think um, that Atlanta games was, um, if you want to think of it, yeah, it's, it's a home meet. We actually dove in that pool at the World Cup. The year before, of, yeah. The year before. So I don't even know what to say about it. It, it was just a different... Um, yeah, it, I, you know, <laughs> I like that you said it felt more like home and that it was kind of like your new home, which is, is pretty cool. Well, okay. So the following year after Atlanta, you went to college on a full athletic scholarship to the University of Tennessee, where you went on to become a five-time SEC conference champion and a nine-time All-American. So how was that college experience, you know, different from what you'd experienced so far between junior worlds and Europeans and Olympic games. And I mean, college is just different also. So kind of walk me through what that was like for you. To me, I thought the recruiting process was very interesting because I I had no clue. I mean, I knew at some point I needed to go to college. You know, I wasn't really sure how that was going to work out. So the recruiting process kind of opened my eyes a little bit. So just to be able to go to different universities and um, you kind of see which one you match with the coach and the teammates and the pool. And so uh, going to Tennessee, it was a no-brainer in a way because um, I knew Dave Parenton, who is still the coach at Tennessee. He's an international coach and I saw him at different meets. So so I knew, you know, right away that that's one place that I could fit into the team. And, um, you know, going into school, I was very much focused into getting a really good education. And, um, you know, right off the bat, I just uh, enrolled into the engineering school. And um, I uh, graduated in four years, I think four and a half years, I should say, um, with a, an electrical engineering undergraduate degree. So throughout that time is when we dove and we had to be student athletes and uh, experience what being a student athlete, which, you know, you get certain perks from the university. Um, so um, I thought that was an awesome experience. I got to meet new people, new new athletes, new, um, you know, swimming and diving team was one team. So some of my best friends actually became, uh, were swimmers. In fact, one of my best friends that was a swimmer at Tennessee was also the best man in my in my wedding. So Oh, that's cool. And actually I was his best man as well. So it, it was a good experience. I, I really missed that, you know, that experience. And um I guess for you, like had you thought I mean, maybe that just didn't even come come into your mind until you were about to graduate high school here in the States, but like was that something you thought about before? Like maybe I can get an education here and keep going, or did you think, Oh, I was just gonna come train here through ninety six and then go home to Romania? Well, initially that was kind of the idea is for me to come in, train through the ninety six Olympics and then possibly go back to Romania and but the family that took me in, which I still consider and will 
forever considered my American family. We talked and discussed what could be next for me. So that was um, another opportunity that I just didn't want to pass. Did you get to like keep in touch with your family very much um, in Romania while you were here? Like, or did you get to see them very often or was that kind of hard? Of course, we, we stayed in touch throughout, talked once a weekend, once a week, uh, depending, you know, but um, I, I didn't get to go back. Uh, initially, I used to go every summer and then sometimes I would go during the Christmas or near holiday. And uh, so I saw them every half a year or so, but we stayed in touch quite a lot. We talked every week and um, basically I was just doing my thing and, um, you know, the best I could. And and I know they're so proud of you. You've You've accomplished so much and I know they've always cheered you on. You guys have always been pretty close. So what going like back to college, because in the middle of your college career, you went to yet another Olympic Games. So <laughs> your third Olympic Games and my first. So I got to be there with you at this one. And it was kind that of was like awesome. Like that was so amazing to have, you know, teammates from the Woodland Diving Team, same Olympic Games. That was really cool. Kenny was there with us. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, I mean, that's when you broke the ice and that's when you proved to everybody in the world that somebody at the Woodlands can do it. <laughs> and you won the gold. Well, thanks. Uh, but this is about you. <laughs> and and I want to I talk about, because like this was, I think, probably in the prime of your career, right? You had had more difficult dives. You were doing really well in college. But how, how did the Olympics go for you? Because I don't think they quite went how you were hoping or expecting them to. I'm just really thankful and, you know, really honored that I was able to make the three Olympic Games. And, you know, the qualification was actually pretty tough. Like we did not have a trial, but we did have to go and compete at the, some of the other meets, international meets. And that's where you would, the Federation would say, if you place into the top six at this event, or if you score this many points in that event, we will consider you being part of the team for the Olympic Games. And um, so those to me, you know, seem to be, you know, the events that I actually did really well. And, you know, I don't know what it was. And, you know, I, I was in the middle of the pack in 96 and also in 2000. And um, I really, you know, like looking back, I don't have any regrets, but I think that's one thing that I wish I figured out how to handle a little bit better. So um, in the 2000, I, I competed the three meter as well as platform. In the 96 Olympics, I only competed the 10 meter platform. And the 92, I competed the 10 meter platform. So this was a new, you know, new experience for me being ready to compete the springboard at that level. You know, the year before, I think it was the same year, I went to the European Championship and I actually did really well on the three meter springboard. I placed in that uh, top six. Oh, wow. Going, going against some of those, you know, divers. I, I At that time, I started seeing myself like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm right there. So let's, let's keep, you know, let's keep it going. So, but unfortunately, like, I just did not have a um, great performance in the 2000 Olympic Games. Well, so I have a question for you because you have such a good head on your shoulders these days. And I, you know, this, this podcast um, is for athletes who are trying to kind of, you know, break through and make it to that next level. And we, we all have bad meets. We all have great meets. We all have bad meets. So how do you handle 
coming out of something where you're just really disappointed or discouraged, or like you said, you couldn't quite figure out what went wrong. Like what, how do you handle that going forward? To me, after that Olympic Games or, you know, any of the Olympic Games, um, I don't think that was the toughest time. You know, I think honestly, like the toughest time I went through is when I actually decided that I was going to stop diving and I had to figure out what to do with the rest of my life. Because after that Olympic Games, I still knew I had to go back to school in Tennessee and I still had another season ahead of me and I had something to look forward to and get ready for and um and you know just to as a message to the athletes you know it's it's not just one meet it's the journey it's what you do day in day out to be a better person and to just kind of work through what your journey is and don't let results affect your you know the way you, you worry about your life like don't you know just if you can take care of the journey, I think you can handle some bad results. Yeah. It's, it's, it's having that bigger picture outlook, right? Yes. And I think, um, like I said, I think for me, the weirdest time of my life was um, when I actually stopped diving. Yeah. Tell, tell us about that. Walk us through that. Fortunately, I was actually, you know, I, I decided to put my full focus into going back into school. And uh, I went to get the Master's of Science in Electrical Engineering. So I knew I had to kind of put my full focus on that. So that's when I decided I was going to stop diving, at least for that period. And then, um, you know, it's just weird, like not having, you know, even though you still have something and a purpose, but it was just a weird time. Like I felt like, you know, something was missing, you know. So after I graduated, with a Master of Science in Electrical Engineering. I moved to Austin, Texas, which is closer to home, but <laughs> to, to my original home. But um, when I was in Austin, I knew there was a dual meet before uh, between uh, Tennessee and Texas. So I went to watch that meet. And um, as soon as the coaches from Texas saw me, Immediately they came to me and they were like, Gabby, it's great to see you, you know, but the club team needs a coach. <laughs> Would you be available to coach? So here we go, like many years, you know, a few years down the road, because I did have an engineering job for three years. I, I, I was working with uh, an engineering firm. And um, this was the funniest thing. Like, I, you know, just when you see this diving family and then they mentioned that to me. I was like, well, maybe this wouldn't be such a bad thing. So I got pulled back into diving and uh, I uh, decided that I was going to start coaching. And uh, that's how I got going as a coach. I love it. We just keep pulling you back in. <laughs> it's exactly. So, um, you know, that's, you know, why I think diving and all this, you know, all those meets that I've been to as a kid and it's the journey. And then, you know, getting back, pulled back in, it's just continuing the journey. Well, and you really have, I mean, and you've had some amazing success as a coach, you know, both in, in Austin and in Midland, you've got many U.S. senior and junior national medalists. You've been a coach on many of the international trips, including Grand Prix, World Series, World Championships, Junior World Championships. And, you know, last year you made this kind of complete circle and you're back here in the Houston area coaching at Woodlands Diving where you first 
came to the States, you know, but and this time, not not even are you back here, but you are also a U.S. citizen, which was really, really cool. I remember how excited you were when that happened. That was such a neat thing. So what is kind of coming full circle like this, being back here where it kind of all began on this side of the world? Uh, yeah. What does that mean to you? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm so happy that I made this decision to to be here and come back to, you know, the place where I got going. And, um, you know, just to be around Kenny, he keeps telling us that eventually he's going to want to retire. And you <laughs> he's know, been saying that for like 30 years. <laughs> well, but you know, the funny thing is like, I, I love the fact that I'm able to spend, you know, this time, you know, and let's just say he does not decide to ret- retire, but it's still like, I think I'm so honored and glad that I'm able to spend this time next to Kenny and not only that, you are diving and you, you know, even though we have many, many kids on the team, like, you know, it's so awesome to be able to watch you form day in, day out. And, you know, just to show the world that you're still one of the best divers in the world. So oh, you're sweet. Can't get rid of me either. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're just going to keep pulling you back into There's no way. So, um, I think in terms of being a coach, you know, since I had such a great basics background, being a kid in Romania, and they, I think they did an amazing job with, with me and the other athletes to really get the basics. In diving, you have to get in the water clean, like you can't make a splash. And I think that was a good, they were very good to teach me those basics. And that's one thing that I decided when I was asked to come back and coach, I, I thought about those moments and I told myself, this is how I'm going to give back. I'm going to teach those kids how to be, you know, the best that they want to be and give them the basics. And I'm just super stoked that we have such a high level team and we're having a lot of fun too. So yeah. It, it, well, for me too, it's been fun to watch you, um, you know, because when you first kind of got back in it, like it was, it's been kind of fun because I've gotten these little glimpses, not day in and day out with you, but as you've grown and you've worked with different people and I've seen you in different places and, um, you know, at a synchro camp a couple of years ago, you were coaching me and now you're here and I get to hear what you're talking about with the girls. And, you know, you've been there for me several times in the past few months when I needed to refocus or something. You've kind of always been there, which I so appreciate and was encouraged by. And I know you wanted to talk a little bit about your progress as a young coach focused primarily on results, but now your focus has totally changed. And I'd love for you to kind of tell us how that has morphed over time. Well, I mean, when I first started coaching, I went through, you know, I guess you call it the initiation phase. (laughs) So, you know, even though I, I started doing really well in terms of, you know, not me, but the kids were doing very well with very good basics and uh, very good competitive dives at younger ages. And so, you know, it took about three years. In in 2014, I received the USA Diving, named me the developmental coach of the year. And, oh, cool. uh, and that was like something like when I received that, that's when I, you know, I kind of looked at how did I do this? And um, to me, until then, it was more about my, my it was almost my, about myself. Like, it was like, it's about me. Let's get the accolades. Let's get the, you know, let's have as many kids win nationals. And, you know, even though we had, we had a great team, I think 
looking back, it's almost like, I, you know, we were missing the fun a little bit. So in 2014 is when after I had that award, it's a plaque. I actually took that and I actually, everybody signed it. Oh, cool. Everybody, you know, the divers on the team, the coaches. And, and that's when I kind of like a light bulb <laughs> lit up. And, you know, when I just started, you know, studying some of the other coaches that had more like, like Kenny and, and looking back and like, you know, I made a commitment that, you know, hey, you know, I need to be a little bit more towards what is it that the kid needs. And, uh, you know, you kind of learn that you have to listen because they go through tough times. And instead of pushing them roughly through those times, it's a lot simpler if you listen and you have to kind of pinpoint what the real issue is. And then, you know, you have to find a way to kind of get them out of that. You know, if you guide them through that process, then their journey becomes a little bit better, a little bit more family type of, you know, feeling for them. So, you know, there's different ways to coach at the high level. And um, I think when you have a team where the mentality is high level, but you're having a lot of fun, I think that's a great way to approach it. Oh, yeah. And it's it's been cool to watch you as you've had some kids scared on the team and you've like been there with them and, and having chats with them after practice and they come back and they're a different athlete the next day. And it's kind of cool to watch them, you know, go through these ups and downs. And, and for me, it's cool to watch you doing what Kenny always did with us. And now I'm seeing you kind of emulate those same things. And it's, it's really neat because like you've been saying, Kenny was more than just a coach. He kind of created this atmosphere for our team where we could achieve really really high level results. But like you said, we also enjoyed the process. And I think that such a cool gift you're giving them right now. Yeah. And I think uh, that's something that I really enjoy now. And I, to see that, to, to see those kids come to you and you can tell that there's, they're scared of something or there's something going on and you just listen and, you know, and you can see their body language, you know, after that, like, you know, and it takes time. It's not just a one day thing. And, um, you know, the funny thing is, is like the athletes, sometimes they feel like they run into a wall, even though they're super ready to execute certain drills or skills, they still have the doubt. And like one thing that I really, you have to find your own tricks on how to make them feel like they're ready. Mm hmm. You know, even though you know they're ready, like you, you have to figure out how to make them feel ready and, you know, right in their mind to approach certain skills and certain dives. So, And that's kind of different with every kid, too, with every athlete, isn't it? It's very different. Like it's and, and that's the beauty of it. Like every single kid we have on the team is different and the way they think about and approach things. And I really love that. I really enjoy watching their process and everybody has different goals and we all know not everybody's going to be an Olympic champion, but they have their own goals and uh, you have to honor and respect that, you know? Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, how, how would you say you define success now versus maybe when you were younger? And, you know, just thinking about the diving, pulling me back in, you know, I think diving has been really good to me, the world of diving. And, you know, just to be able to give back and uh, create those family type relationships through the sport, you know, I'm very lucky that I'm able to experience this. 
I'm, you know, lucky, grateful, whichever way you want to look at it. Like, I'm just, here's this kid that left Romania and now I'm able to give back, you know. It's been a cool journey. I mean, you're not nearly done with it yet, but it's been a cool ride so far. It's been, yes, it's been really awesome. And I do look forward to see, you know, what amazing things are going to happen for for the next 25 years. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, what would you have for some maybe some parting words of wisdom for athletes, maybe coaches listening um, going forward? What would you like to say to them? You know, I mean, I think in, with respect to um, the athletes, if you have a goal, just keep believing that goal and, you know, like kind of let the process of training take you there. And, you know, eventually this is your journey towards your goals. And, you know, obviously there's going to be ups and downs and you're going to have to fail a lot, you know, and you're going to have to be very humble when you succeed and um, just um, do the best you can and work very hard. And, um, you know, with respect to the coaches, I think, especially for what I have experienced, I think, and, and I would say in this country, and I, I think Kenny agrees with me too, we need to be more unified and um, share the information and whatnot. And I think we're getting better, but I, it's kind of getting past those three years. And then after that, just open up your mind and just, um, you know, let's learn from each other. Yeah, I love that. Being open and, and yeah, being willing to help out those around you and learn from those around you for sure. I love it. Well, Gabby, we could probably talk all night. Uh, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you sharing your story, your perspective and, and teaching us about what's truly important. I love that you hammered about the journey and um, looking at that bigger picture because it's not just about these small results along the way, but it's about who you become in the process. And I, I absolutely love that. Thank you. Laura, thank you so much for having me. This is such an amazing podcast. And um, I just hope everybody, every athlete in the country gets to listen, not to necessarily this specific episode, but like, you know, you have some amazing episodes out there and uh, great input. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And please be sure to subscribe, rate and review our show. This allows us to keep bringing on amazing guests, and it also helps other athletes to find this show. Make sure to check out the show notes to follow us on social media and learn more about our awesome guest. To hear all of our amazing episodes, head on over to thepursuitofgold.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Pursuit of Gold is proud to be a Podigy production. That's all for now. Make sure to tune back in next week.